Richard Miles is the Deputy Labor Leader. Morning, Richard. Good morning, Marcus. How are you? All right. Um, you might want to send Jackie Lambie, a, I don't know, a, a bouquet of flowers. She's doing some dirty work, I think, for Labor at the moment. She called it out yesterday saying that Scott Morrison and his government have done nothing in relation to a federal ICAC and a number of other issues. Yeah, well, I must say, Marcus, I'd heard about that speech, but I hadn't actually heard it until uh, I listened just then uh, as I was on hold. Um, and she certainly, uh, she said it as she saw it. There's no doubt about that. Um, well, I mean, it's one example of where the, the, the government have uh, said one thing and, and ultimately done another, or in this case, done nothing. I mean, they've been promising to have a federal ICAC uh, in place for years now, and here we are months out from an election, and we still don't have uh, the proposition from the government about what their model is for a federal ICAC. Uh, I mean, Jackie's right that the government is all over the place. Scott Morrison is all over all over the place. Uh, I mean, we've seen that in in the lead up to Glasgow in relation to climate change. We've seen it in in, in respect of uh, the positions that he's taken around the whole question of public safety orders uh, measures around the vaccine mm-hmm. and and the, as you described at the crossing of the four yesterday of, of, or in the last couple of days of a number of government senators. Um, I mean, the government is is in disarray, uh, and right now what we need is a, is a coherent, clear voice from our national government guiding us through what is uh, a really difficult national crisis with the pandemic, and we've got precisely the opposite. Tell me about this announcement today. It's uh, a domestic violence policy. Women fleeing domestic violence will be offered more help to rebuild their lives in safety under a $153 million labour plan to hire hundreds of additional caseworkers. Well, this is a... I've described this as a down payment uh, in in this area, Marcus. It's it's, um, an important measure that we'll be announcing today, but uh, I think all of us have seen over the the last uh, few years just repeated appalling stories of domestic violence uh, around the country, which which kind of... uh, bigger belief on the one hand but but the fact that they keep repeating you know makes you feel that there is something wrong that we uh that we really need to deal with um and and you know to be fair across the parliament we, we people have have made these observations and and everyone wants to see this brought to an end um, and so the announcement today will, will be for additional caseworkers as you as you've just said to yeah. uh provide for um People for women who who are uh, leaving circumstances of domestic violence to help them get back on their feet to deal with these crises, so that uh, there are choices for for women, or at least we, we try to give choices for yeah. women in these circumstances, so that they're not in a position of having to stay around in in abusive and dangerous relationships. Labor will also appoint a family, domestic and sexual violence commissioner to advocate for survivors and work with states and territories to ensure resources are properly deployed. The commissioner would also provide accountability and transparency with an annual report measuring progress, eliminating domestic violence against the national plan. Well, I think, again, Marcus, it's often said in, in, in science that if you want to solve a problem, the first thing you have to do is measure it. And I think in terms of having uh, that transparency and annual report, it is really about trying to make sure that we, we clearly understand what is happening here uh, and whether things are getting better or worse. 
so that we can we can move forward. But also, it, it is about advocating, as as you've described in that, the, for the the rights of those who who are victims in this circumstance. Yeah. Um, Rosie Batty has been an incredible advocate um, in, in this space, um, and her situation wasn't. You know, the, 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 obviously the first appalling circumstance to come to light, but it certainly was one. Um, and, and when I look back at, at that, and it's, it's, it's a number of years now, you, know, you, you do wonder uh, whether we are genuinely making progress. And it's, it's not a... I mean, it is important to call this out. It is important to talk about it. And to be fair, that is the first step, but it is only the first step. We, we actually do need to have action here and, and to, to do something meaningful to try and bring this to an end. So, you know, the additional resources through the caseworkers, but, but then, um, you know, the annual uh, reporting the Commissioner, um, we hope, uh, begins the process of actually meaningfully in a substantive way through government trying to do something which actually changes the reality of this. All right, just want to move on to one other issue before I let you go, Richard. Um, amping up war is a dangerous tactic by irresponsible politicians desperate to stay in power at any cost. This is according to your colleague Penny Wong, who said it's wildly out of step with the rest of the world, including our US ally, to maintain the status quo that's kept our region safe and prosperous for decades. I'll just play a little bit of audio for, for everybody listening to us this morning of what Penny said yesterday. They play political games on something so grave as whether they commit Australia to war against the superpower. It has been widely reported that the Morrison government want to make national security a focus of the coming election. Amping up the prospect of war against a superpower is the most dangerous election tactic in Australian history. It is a tactic employed by irresponsible politicians who are desperate to hang on to power at any cost. Mr Morrison does not have the character to be the custodian of Australian interests in the world. Australia's leaders should take the world as it is and seek to shape it for the better. All right. That's some of what Penny Wong had to say yesterday, Richard. Um, should we be poking the bear? I don't like, and I've all, I always try and call it out when I can, uh, this, you know, uh, the, the beating drums of war rhetoric we hear from uh, Peter Dutton and others. Uh, you know, Jim Molan's another good example. Look, and I, I thank him for his service, but I, I really wish he'd close his mouth sometimes because I, would I think you'd find the vast majority of Australians certainly don't like it, and we don't like the prospect of a government, you know, talking up a potential conflict with a, a much greater power like China. Well, the, the, the starting point here, I feel, Marcus, is to, to understand that national security, as much as we can make it, needs to be above the political frame. I mean, it shouldn't, if we can do it, it should not be the subject of, of electoral politics. Um, and you know, there, there are going to be really important debates to be had within national security, and there are going to be differences, and, and, and it's, it's, it's important that they are thrashed through. But but to see this area being used for political purposes, um, and that's the point that Penny Wong has made, and she's right to make it, is indeed a really, really dangerous game. Mm -hmm. um, now, we'd be the first to acknowledge that Australia faces probably the most complex set of strategic circumstances that we've had since the end of the Second World War. There's no doubt that there are a whole lot of challenges uh, that are out there, and, and to be frank, China represents some of them. But um, the, the, a kind of uh, the rhetoric that we have seen and trying to make this 
uh, or, or as Penny has described it, amping it up so that it becomes an election issue, uh, I think is, is really dangerous and really irresponsible. Yeah. The fact of the matter is that when you look at national security with, with, with this government, um, you know, what they have to, to show for themselves is that uh, they've wasted tens of billions of dollars on a submarine program that they ended up abandoning. And, and now they've actually opened up a, a capability gap in terms of the most important platform that we have in our nation, which is a you know, capable long-range submarine. So that yep. the successor to the existing class of submarines, which is the Collins class, which was meant to come into, in, into use within a few years. Like when this government started, it was anticipated that the next generation of submarines would happen in the mid-20s. We're not going to get it now until the 2040s. I mean, that is an unforgivable capability gap. So if you, if you want to look at where the, what the actual uh, facts on the ground are, or the record of this government is in respect of national security, it is plainly hopeless. Um, so, so, so on the things that matter, they're not doing it. But the rhetoric they're engaging in is really dangerous, and Penny Wong was completely right to call it out. Richard, thank you for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Pleasure, Marcus.